A lowly manger state of mind on this episode of Pushback. If you're concerned about the direction our culture is heading, then maybe it's time to push back. Hello, everyone. This is Pushback, and I'm Dr. Johnny, and I just want to wish you and your family a most Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Uh, We are getting to the end of Season 4, which means I've done over well over 200 episodes, Um, and uh, it's humbling and it's wonderful to come before you and share my heart each and every week of the things the Lord's talking to me about and things about this world. Uh, it was my birthday last month, and uh, basically, it was sort of one of those gifts where I told my wife what I wanted for my birthday, uh, which happened to be Billy Joel tickets. Uh, in fact, I was looking to go watch Billy Joel in concert. I've always been a big fan, and I was even looking about maybe even flying to New York because he always plays at Madison Square Garden there. And uh, one day, I woke up, not you know, a couple months before my birthday, and on my phone through Ticketmaster was the fact that Billy Joel was coming to Minneapolis. And so it was a dream come true. And so I called my siblings and uh, we all decided we were going to go watch Billy Joel together. So uh, right around my birthday, it was the day before my birthday, November 10th, my siblings and myself and my wife, uh, we all went to listen to Billy Joel. He has a song called the New, a New York State of Mind, uh, one of his most famous uh, songs that he has performed. Uh, this podcast is entitled A Lowly Manger State of Mind. Uh, Just a little bit different um, because I want to focus this podcast on what happened 2,000 years ago. And, you know, you always want to get to the heart and to the root. That's really the point of this podcast is to get to the heart and the root of things. And I find it very interesting in our culture and even in the the world of the church and and the way we act sometimes that, you know, we take credit ourselves when things go well. And then we tend to blame God when things don't go well. Uh, I don't know why that is. Uh, I've certainly been guilty of that as well. And we blame him when things don't go well, or I should say maybe not as we expected, because we have such perspective on all things. (laughs) I say that sarcastically. You see, He is the giver of all good things. And his job description is to to save and to heal and to bind up the brokenhearted. It's the enemy's job description is to steal, kill, and destroy. And so we always have to be careful when when we try to look through the world through a lens of humanity. And we want to so desperately appreciate the, the goodness of God, and we interpret that as sort of the charmed life that we are supposed to live. And I've, I've mentioned this before in previous podcasts, where the reality is that we've actually been born into a battlefield. And we are here as his people to, in, to be injected into the stage of the world to bring about his kingdom. That's why we're here. 
And because of that, there can be casualties and there can be loss along the way and there can be pain and there can be disappointment. And yes, some of those things are byproducts of sin itself. And so we do, we see Jesus and his father as the ones who redeem the world. And so when we see things unredeemed, we tend to look at him a little cross-eyed like, why is this happening? Well, the truth of the matter is, is that all good things come from him. James 1.17, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. There's such key points to that verse is, is the first thing we have to realize is that he's unchanging and what he is unchanging from is his goodness. <laughs> his goodness is unchanging. And so when things happen that we even interpret as good, we need to give him the glory. When we interpret things as, as bad, we need to understand that there's an enemy that hates us and wants to destroy us and that we are clearly in a battle. But every good and perfect gift is from him. And we need to see that. See, we are nothing the Bible says, and our actions and the things that we do only come from him. Now, when I say that we're nothing, it doesn't mean that that we are worthless. We'll get to that in just a second. But Isaiah 64, 6 says, when we display our righteous deeds, they are nothing but filthy rags. Like autumn leaves, we wither and fall, and our sins sweep us away like the wind. That is true for every human being that has ever walked the planet outside of Jesus Christ himself. John 15, 5 says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me or remains in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. So there's always two sides of a coin, right? There's the side where things go well and we want to take the credit for it. And there's times when things go bad and we're looking to place the blame for it. And God usually is the one who bears the brunt of that. <laughs> but what he is saying is that even when things go well, even the things that you do, even the ways that you perform, it all comes from me because of who you are attached to and who you abide in and who you remain in. You see, I'm not a perfect husband, but he is. I'm not a perfect father, but he is not a perfect doctor, but he is and not a perfect friend, but he is. I'm not a perfect listener, but he is. I'm not a perfect minister, but he is. I'm not a perfect provider, but he is and on and on and on. See, he does perfect us and he does transform us into his image through the power of the Holy Spirit. But let's be perfectly clear, it's because of who we abide in and who we remain in that we have any success or profit here on this earth at all. Otherwise, we're just filthy rags swept away. See, he is the one who came and he is the one that we plug into and he is the source of all things good. Every good and perfect gift is from him. Everything. And everything means everything. So if we think that we can take the credit for it, 
If we think that my wife and I teach parenting and marriage classes, does that mean that we have a perfect marriage and that we are perfect parents? No, it just means that we are plugged in. And because of that, he can transform us. We do the classes because we're obedient to him, not because we're perfect at it. In fact, we have been redeemed by him. No, I'm not telling you or I'm not even advocating that we should ever be sin-focused. And a lot of times from the pulpit all over across America and churches, we have become sin-focused. Because it's true that all of us have sinned and all of us have fallen short. But we should be saved-focused. Because we're saints and we've been redeemed by him. And he not only came as a baby, he came to die on a cross to bleed and to shed his blood to actually cover our sins. But even our salvation, even our redemption, it all comes from him. Everything is about him. It's all about our connection to him. And the beauty of the relationship that we talked about last week, the beauty of that connection and knowing him is that he transforms us to become more like him. His Holy Spirit lives in us and transforms us into the image of Christ. So the one who came, we get to be in the image of Christ. So what is the image of Christ? Well, let's enter the lowly manger. See, Jesus could have come and deserved fanfare, riches, exaltation, attention. The Las Vegas strip of lights and sounds. There was adoration at the, at the manger, but it was by lowly people in a lowly place surrounding a lonely manger. He came lowly, poor, and meek. Why? Why? Because he did it to teach us. Jesus, his heart was always for us. The Father sent him because he loved us. John 3.16 It was to t- teach us. It was to show us. See, Jesus came to declare a father, it says in John chapter 1. He came to represent him, to represent him on this earth. And his first presentation, his first representation to the world was in a stable with stinky animals. Why? Because he was the embodiment. He was the perfect demonstration of humility. The only way to present him to the world, the Father, was through humility. It was the only way. It's the only way. Way is a powerful word. It's a powerful cultural word. The word culture is the sum total ways of living passed down from generation to generation. How many hundreds of times have you heard me say that in this podcast? And Jesus said, I am the way. The way. 
He is the cultural truth. He is the cultural representation. He is the cultural realm of heaven itself. And he came as a man and injected himself onto the stage of world history to represent the Father. And the way he initially did it, the way he showed it, not only in the manger but throughout his life, was a culture of humility. A lowly manger state of mind. 1 Peter 5, 5 said, yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility. Be clothed with humility. My friends, it's swaddling clothes. That's what he's talking about. It was demonstrated, it was represented to you as swaddling clothes. Lowly as a servant in a manger. Clothing is what people see. It's the most visible thing. It's the thing that you first notice. It's what you see. Why is that important? Because it's about us representing him to the world. He now lives in us and we are his representatives, his representatives here on this earth to represent him. And he wants us clothed in humility because that's how Jesus did it. And that's how he wants us to do it. I sang in my podcast last week and, and I'm going to do it again. <laughs> Don't worry, this isn't going to become the Donnie and Marie you know, variety hour or whatever. And I'm not going to make a habit out of singing to you. But I wrote this song probably 20 years ago. And I'm just going to sing it for you because 20 years ago, this is what the Lord was talking to me about. And it's entitled A Lowly Manger State of Mind. And it goes like this. I'm in a lowly manger state of mind. All of my castles I have left behind. All of my trophies that I thought were mine, I've laid them all down. Cause I'm in a lowly manger state of mind. I'm in a lowly manger state of mind. All of my castles I have left behind. All of my earthly crowns I thought were mine. I've laid them all down, cause I'm in a lowly manger state of mind. It was love, it was love that broke through that night. It was love, it was love that broke through my life. How the King of Kings and Lord of Lords came to save me. Now I know how I'm supposed to be. I'm in a lowly manger state of mind. All of my castles I have left behind. All of my worldly gain I've counted loss. I've laid them all down for a lowly manger and a cross. It's a song I wrote 20 years ago. 
And I don't think Billy Joel's in any danger. <laughs> However, he came for us, so we rightfully sing and celebrate. That's what we do this season. It's probably why I sang twice in a row in podcasts, because it's tis the season, right? <laughs> but we can't forget it's about transforming into his image, which involves clothing and positioning. We're clothing ourselves in humility so that we can position ourselves toward the world. It's about this world. You know, Jesus came and the angels proclaimed peace on earth. And we have to question when we look at the news and read the newspapers, was that false advertising? Was that, as Donald Trump would say, fake news? <laughs> Is that what that was? Because in our mind and in our earthly perspective and with our expectation of what God is supposed to do, it doesn't feel peaceful. But I want to be clear that peace isn't just a lack of war or conflict. Peace is a person. He is in us and we are to represent him. The world is desperate for peace. Nobody would argue that. But peace is here. Behold, the kingdom is at hand. The angels were proclaiming that we are. there is an injection of the realm of peace on the earth, and his name is Jesus. And when he left, he said, it's good that I go because I'm sending the Holy Spirit to reside in you and to dwell within you. He transforms us into the image of Christ, which is clothed with humility. He positions us towards the world so that we can bring peace on earth through the power of Jesus. And it's the only way. Jesus showed us it was the only way. It was a cultural way. There's one way to do it. There's only one way that works. And that's when we are clothed with humility. That's how we transform culture. We honor those around us. We clothe ourselves in humility. We turn our attention toward the poor and the lowly and the lost and the hurting and the dying. And we inject his love just like he injected it that night onto the face of the earth into each one of their lives. Not that we're the redeemer, but we represent the redeemer, the only one who can. It's not because we're great. It's because of his greatness that lives within us, that transforms us into his greatness so that we can move and operate and be in his power and in his peace. I wish you the most Merry Christmas and the most blessed New Year. We're coming to the end of the season, which means next week will be our fourth annual Clausen Family Game Show edition. So stay tuned as I'm working on some questions. The boys against the girls. It's a game that you can play along with at home. So we're going to look forward and have a little fun next week. But for now, let's go together to set and shape the culture.